Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for the final episode of The Monster Mash. My name is Amber Bicek. I'm Mark Meisberger. I'm Jake Kotek. And I'm Susie Gamboa. And today we are talking about crafting fear in Frankenstein. For this final episode, we have a few questions and we're going to analyze the difference between terror and horror and how that affects Mary Shelley's purpose in the story. To begin, I want to start with a broad generalization of the difference between terror and horror. Would you guys like to elaborate on that? Yeah, I'd actually really like to. So terror um, is sort of, I, I believe, is like the feeling you get when you see something horrific. So it's like that, that shock value, that sort of like just terrified emotion you get as soon as you like see something that I guess you perceive as horrific. I mean, like, for example, in like movies and stuff, or, or even when reading this book or uh, you know, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, uh, we as the reader sort of feel a sense of terror because we read all the horrific things happening to both the mariner and honestly, and Victor with like the haunting of the creature and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I, that unknown feeling. Yeah. I was going to talk about that, uh, that, uh, a major difference, I guess, between terror and horror is that terror is mostly on the unknown and horror comes from, um, disgust and repulsion from like things in front of you that you would see or hear or something like that. Right. It yeah, is mostly and, the unknown. And based on like that definition, I kind of think Mary Shelley focuses more on horror in like later chapters. In the beginning chapters, it's definitely more terror. Yeah, I but, could uh, I could agree with that. I would think uh, that fear is a strong play in um Frankenstein just because. Oh, yeah. Of because um, throughout the story, the monster is on the run for so long, and it's not like you can really uh, predict what he's gonna do. You know what he, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, one hundred percent. It's kind of like unknown. Like, oh, yeah. what is the monster gonna like, do next? This uncertain to... feeling. Yeah, and all yeah, he tells like a Victor, psychological fear. All yes. he tells Victor before you know, like Elizabeth's like murder or whatever is just like. I'll be there on your wedding. Like I'll, I'll like I'll see if you don't create this yes. other creature for me. It's very ambiguous, and we see that like throughout the story, it's a common motif that like as they're explaining, there's still like this uncertainty under everything that doesn't get revealed until way later, and it's like gruesome and like horrific. Right. Even at the beginning, um, or like you know, chapter five when the monster's created, uh, yes. after like the you know, I guess in quotes, the spark sort of brings life to the monster victor just goes to sleep and it kind of leaves us as like the audience like unknowing like we don't know what actually happened like is the monster alive like where is it you know what i mean and that that obviously yeah. like just causes like a sense of fear i guess or horror at the beginning yes. of the book as well um i think uh i think an element of horror that comes up a lot in frankenstein is just the um uh physical appearance of the monster uh because People seem to be disgusted and repulsed just by looking at the monster. Right. A hundred percent. And I think interesting yeah, when, Mary Shelley, when Mary Shelley wrote his, um, I guess, design, right, for his appearance, she sort, of, she sort of took, like, what societal norms, like, thought was beautiful at the time, and she sort of just tried to do the exact opposite that, of that. Like, you know, like, long black lips, you know, um, I guess, like, cut up skin, you know, just like a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, like when you think of the uh, Frankenstein monster, uh, like in the movies and stuff, you think about like the green head, the nails, and just the scars. Yeah, and but stuff. in reality, I mean, in the book, it's a lot more horrific of a yeah. detail. Yes, exactly. 
And then kind of like relating it to the rhyme of the ancient mariner, it's like the beginning of the story relates around terror. Like it sets up like this very cold and like unsettling feeling that you don't really get resolved. And the whole mm-hmm. like build up is like you're constantly wondering like what happens because of this and what's going to happen next. And it's mm-hmm. told yeah, very, it, sorry, it's told very eloquently. It is yeah. told very eloquently, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, based on, based on uh, the things that the uh, mariner is saying, but also the way like he says it, you know. Yes. He, he kind of, he's he's very creepy the way he says things. Right. Even when we heard it in the uh, recording. Yeah. Yeah. What 100%. a voice actor, by the way. A great That's voice great. actor. He did a good job presenting like this horrific, like unsettling like terror feel like in your stomach you could feel it like oh this isn't this isn't good yeah like if he was telling the story to you you would probably be like like oh like i don't even know <laughs> yeah if yeah it, it really incites like, sort of like around the campfire like, it makes they, you like, feel cold night. on yeah and then caesar you've been a little quiet so i'm gonna i'm gonna poke a question out of you okay so would you think mary shelley incorporates terror more than horror and why would you find that important? I'd say, yes, she incorporates terror more. I think that horror is more of a shock value, instant thing that happens within the story. And terror is more of the buildup that occurs when we don't know what the monster is going to do next, who he's going to kill next, who he's going to hurt. But the horror is, it just happens like just right there. Boom! Someone's dead. You know, someone screams. There's blood. Also, the horror of the monster himself. You look at him, immediately horrified. But the terror is a slow build of the psychological craziness that happens when we just don't know what's going to happen. Yes. So, do you think? Sorry. Do you guys think that Mary Shelley uses that terror to end up crafting the fear that brings out the strongest points of horror? I think that that's a perfect way to put it. Like, I think uh, in a way, the terror and like the fear is just a build up for the horror in the that is coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's an it's expertly crafted, I guess, in a way to sort of invoke that response, that emotive response out of the reader. Hundred percent. And for like the time period it was written, like that kind of story, especially written by a woman, was like very intriguing and definitely set forth like a new like milestone and like a new style of writing which really helps portray like this feeling of terror constantly and never knowing like what's going to truly happen with the monster and even in the end it's kind of ambiguous right yeah you you kind of uh even though you kind of get the feeling at the end, you know what happens. Like you still, it's like the possibility. Of yeah, the right. End. The the monster was. I mean, it's like assumed that he committed suicide, <laughs> but then again, we right. don't know. Yeah, exactly. like the story ends, and you're not just like, "Yay, everything's over." The story ends, and you're just like, "Oh." That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, like, wow, his abrupt. life wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's still like a lingering feeling of terror there because the story really isn't fully resolved because he could still very well be alive, causing even more damage yeah. somewhere else. Which is a similar concept in The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner because like the last line, like he joins in the wedding feast, but when he leaves, it's like 
doesn't guarantee that he leaves a better man. He just leaves. Right. Right. So, and the curse is like lifted, I guess, but it's also yeah. up in there. So overall, like the terror and horror Mary Shelley uses creates this motif of like this ambiguous, like uncertainty that's like sets the whole tone and atmosphere for the story. Right. And especially, I mean, even the Mariner also like it crafts fear sort of like through just like the nighttime, I guess, scenes, if you will. Just because, like, they yes. paint, like, the picture of, like, death, like, the embodiment of death is on the ship, and then, like, you know, the cruisemen are dying, and this and that, and it's just, like, I just, it really embodies the sort of, like, feeling of, like, I really don't know what's going to happen, like, anything could happen, it's just sort of yeah, metaphysical just, and just random, at a, in a sense. Yeah, yes. bad thing after bad thing <laughs> just happening upon the other. Yeah, for sure, and it's, like, this overall, like, feeling that you just can never shake off our episode of the monster mash thank you so much for watching our last episodes we really appreciate it um does it does anyone else want to say goodbye uh, thank yeah. you yes thank you so much for listening it's been wonderful recording these episodes and being able to talk about this interesting story yes <laughs> thank you thank you thank you boom i cut it there done done all right so that's oh, yeah, that's the end. I guess of the we're good. Yeah. Awesome. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job. Yeah, all right, wait. Job. So, do we all have to turn it in, or is it just Amber? Um, I'll finish uploading it, and then I'll send you. A, I'll send you all like the link to the anchor episode, like the whole okay. podcast, so you guys can submit it too. I'm gonna join her thing and ask her if we all need to submit it or just our group leader. Okay. All right. Sounds okay. good. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Well, happy Easter, boys. You too. Have a good break. <laughs> happy Easter. Bye. All right.